Hi everybody, I'm Kelly Harrell and you're listening to What in the Weird, in which I talk about runes, animism, shamanism, and how all of that intersects on my path. The Weekly Rune came out yesterday to those subscribed to the free version at my website, soulintentarts.com, and thank you for all the new subscribers and all you longtime subscribers. The paid version came out Sunday to the folks at Patreon. If you don't know what the Weekly Rune is, well, go look. It's a Weekly Rune cast that I've written for six years. It's unique from other Rune casts or Weekly Outlook columns in that it covers the half-month rune, what it means, what it brings, how to apply that insight to everyday life, and how to bring that seasonal awareness more deeply into your spiritual studies. If you're not sure what a half-month rune is, listen to some of the early podcast episodes And just check out the Weekly Rune, seriously. It's explained there, and you can get it from my website. Also, something awesome that happened yesterday is the Sabbath Rune cast for Lunasa, Lamas, Lethus Blot, whatever you call it. And I do mean you can call it all kinds of different things. It came out to the Satyrkin subscribers through Patreon yesterday. You can check out all the goodies that you can receive when you subscribe to the paid version of the Weekly Rune at Patreon. Just go to patreon.com and do a search for the Weekly Rune. So, let's see. Where are we going now? Well, we're at Thorsa's for the second week. And specifically, today is the pagan Sabbath in the Northern Hemisphere of Lamas. Lethus Bloat, Lugnasa, whatever your flavor. And that is the emphasis of this episode of What in the Weird. I want to talk about the flavors of Sabbaths. And so to kind of get that ball rolling, for those of you who are wondering about my flavor, I'm not a Satru. I'm not an Odinist. Although I am kind of heathenish with the emphasis on ish, and this is by ancestry and choice. So really what that means is if you scream, hey, heathen, across the room to get my attention, I probably won't turn my head, but I will subconsciously think that you're a rock star. So my path isn't focused on deities. That would make me a monotheist or a polytheist. I'm an animist, which can cross paths with deities, though it's about the soul of everything. It's about the ability to have direct relationship with my immediate nature network and to, through that relationship in my network, find the places of mutual benefit, stay active in those places, and carry that approach to relationship with everything, everywhere, and with everyone that I encounter. So given that, I'm sure you already guessed that I don't really play by the rules of any spiritual path when it comes down to having some agreed-upon version of what any of it really means, even heathenish. But I will like tell you how it kind of comes into play for me with regard to the Sabbaths. The runes were my initial guides into Old Norse and Germanic spirituality, which, to be honest, I went into kicking and screaming. Whole other story. Very um, patriarchal from how it was presented to me at that time, and I just wasn't really interested in it. So the runes were kind of as far as I got with that for a long time. 
the cosmology of the nine worlds was present for me from the beginning of my shamanic studies. It, it literally, the first time I closed my eyes to travel out with intention, I was met with these multiple strata of opportunity that far outstripped anything the triple world model was ever going to offer me. Um, and as an animist, the observation of the nature, the immediate nature around me, which I always say this, but it's it's the Bermuda grass, it's the loblolly pines, it's the magnolias, it's the hummingbirds, it's the sidewalks. All of that is what I'm situated in, in eastern North Carolina. That is what keeps me grounded and accountable, frankly. So when I pull all of those things together, that is how I arrive at my observation of season, nature, and timing. It has everything to do with the runic calendar, with the cosmology that I approach in my spiritual observation of how things work, and the animistic saturation that I experience and need in the immediate space around me. That is the crux of my spiritual path. What does this have to do with Lamas, Lethas Blood, Lunasa, or however it is that you approach this Sabbath? I've mentioned before on What in the Weird how I find it bothersome that almost every pagan and now tons of new agers assume that if you include the Sabbaths in your spiritual observation that you automatically mean the Celtic ones. That's the whole Lamas, Samhain, Bieltian, when in reality there are a ton of cultures around the world that have their own names for them, their distinct timing for observing them, and unique rituals around them. And for some, it's about a specific hour. It's, it's for others, they last one day, where for other cultures or spiritual paths, they are days long or nights long, depending on the emphasis. My point is, it, it's not appropriate or correct to assume that it's all going to work around this Celtic Western European sphere. And if you have been trying to retrofit yourself into that model and it's not working, fly be free. You do not have to stick to that. Find it the way it speaks to you. In fact, literally get your butt out in the yard and find the way that it speaks to you and start from there. Okay, soapbox turned off. Most modern folks just celebrate the Sabbaths on their calendar dates, which is fine. Again, this is one of those things that it's become sort of this is how you do it. It's rote as opposed to a more organic approach, which is what feels more appropriate for me. As an animist and a ritualist, I really want to keep my observations as close to the witching hour as possible, not just what the universal time calculators say, um, what our agreed-on calendar says it is, and how all of that translates into the exact hour of alignment for the Sabbath. So for me, I'm looking at all of those factors, and I'm aware. I'm a, I really think that there is a fuzzy margin for how these things work. And that margin depends on 
whether it's been 100 degrees for the past month and a half, whether the, the shortness at the end of the day has already started, it's getting darker earlier, whether you feel like you haven't even started having warm weather yet. All of these are factors in where you stand that influence how you honor and celebrate season, which in my lexicon means how you honor and engage the nature spirits of where you stand. So for me, that comes down to what my local nature spirits are saying. I, I watch what's going on with the weather. You know, we've been in drought for two straight freaking months and in the last week have had to build an ark. It's, it's insane. Uh, I see what the birds and bugs are doing, which ones have thrived, which ones haven't, because it's not the same every year. And that's a factor of keeping your observation of Sabbaths organic also. You know, we have this, this drive to just homogenize everything, make it fit in a mold. And the reality is you are not the same person that you were this time last year. I am not. Nothing around you is either. And so taking in the perspective of how things are literally going I think goes a long way to inform you for how you can best honor the season. I look at how I'm doing, how my household is faring, and I base my timing of Sabbath rituals on that. And as far as timing, today is the actual astronomical time of this Sabbath, the Sabbath which shall not be named. Um, most folks honor it on the 1st of August because I think it's just easier. There, there's, a, there's sort of cultural agreement around when we're going to celebrate. And, and we all made this agreement in large part because the church said we had to. And it excludes a lot of other cultures, other religions, other ways of coming to the world and community and that which is sacred. So really... However it comes to you, go with it and let it be as it is. Let, just let it try to speak to you and not try to shape it. So in terms of how people have generally looked at this Sabbath, it's looked at as the first harvest, which has rep is represented by grain uh, as in, like, can you can you tell that was my accent? Grain. <laughs> so, in terms of lamas, that's the anglicized word, which comes from loaf mass. Again, bread related. And in Letha's bloat, also, there's an older take on the season that still emphasizes the harvesting of grain. We don't really have any precedent of exactly what it was called or exactly how it was honored. This is kind of the best we can put together. Lunasa, from my understanding, is a Gaelic um, regional approach to this same concept of first harvest and bread. So it's the bread holiday. Just just call it the bread Sabbath. I'm gluten-free in case you needed to know that for things that you might send me. So my point in mentioning this is to tell you a keenly shrouded secret, which is I don't really relate to any of them. <laughs> I don't really relate to the Celtic aspects of Lamas. To be totally honest, I don't for Letha's bloat either. It's it's not just because I'm gluten-free, but I mean, for real, how the hell does that work? What's the point of honoring Sabbaths if I'm not wedging them 
or myself into a framework? Well, the short answer is because I can. I can do it however I want to. So can you. Because it's what's organic and it's what speaks to me. And I think it's important to understand what observation is organic and speaks to you. If it's a ritual from a book that tells you how to revere the season, go for it. Everybody has to start somewhere. Bake the llama's loaf. I mean, if it's leaving an offering to the deity of your choice, to the nature spirits of your yard, do it. These are ultimately the traditional, even ancient ways that you can connect with the, the, the spirits of the season. But observe the organic needs of your region. Look around of your needs and respond. On a figurative level, what does the bread sabbat mean? You know, what, what does it mean? What, what does it bring you? And if you want to look at it purely through the lens of the first harvest, stripped of culture, if we can do that, it's a time to express gratitude for the nature spirits nearest you. It's a time to assess what you have that you can give to those who don't have, which if you think about it, is weird weaving. This isn't just in a, in a do good, you know, receive positive benefits, you know, kind of way, but in a truly leveling the playing field effort for yourself and for others. So how does that situate with Thorasaz? The cross-quarter holidays, which is what this is, it means it's situated halfway between, um, what, summer solstice and the autumnal equinox coming up in September. So this cross-quarter holiday, they're always kind of fringe. I mean, that's the whole point. They are awkward. They aren't exactly here and they're not really there. And trying to determine if they have more characteristics of this side of the season or that side of the season, how much darkness, how much light... In that uncertainty, Thorisaz exalts. Am I right? That's the whole point of Thorisaz. It is this deeply uncomfortable internal unknown pushing up against what we think we know, what we think we need, and demanding its rightful space in our faces. It's this radical unconscious, this unknown of ourselves that wants expression and it may or may not fit with what we think the order of the day needs. It may not be tidy and fit into how we want our lives to go. And that's what this time is for. That it's the Jan Brady, right? You know, cross quarter holidays are the Jan Brady's of the, the wheel. So it's this time that we need to natively act on the support we have to come into that unconscious knowing as much as we can. Because once we know it, it's not shadow anymore. This is the time for that kind of needs assessment. And we have the elemental support to do it. Create that space for change so that it doesn't explode into your life later as we're getting more into the complexity of the dark time over the next few months. That's it for this episode. That's enough, right? The Bread Sabbath. If you have any questions or insights about honoring this season, feel free to email me at kelly at solentonarts.com or you can call in through the Anchor app, which you can download for Android or iPhone. 
You can also check out earlier episodes by downloading them from Google Play or iTunes and all the gajillion other podcast platforms that are out there. If you get a chance, check out Everyday Animism, which I co-host with a couple of other lovely ladies also on Anchor and everywhere on podcast platforms. You can learn more about me and my work by visiting soulintonarts.com and enjoy the season, however complicated and fringy it may be. I'm Kelly, and this has been What in the Weird.